Hi everyone, welcome to the St Barnabas Thatcham podcast and to our Sunday service for this week. This is um, a bit of a strange one because things are changing again um, and we are starting to move back towards in-person worship, which is wonderful and very exciting. So hopefully you will have received our email this week about what's happening um, with St Barnabas and that we are hoping to be back in school. Uh, we normally have our services at Thatcham Park School um, next Sunday, so that's the 9th of August. Um, so that'll be 10 o'clock there. The service will be socially distanced um, and following all the hygiene and procedures that we need to follow. So if you'd like more information about that, do just drop me an email if you haven't received the information already. This morning, so I'm recording this on the 2nd of August, Sunday the 2nd, and there are two services down at St Mary's. So there is one inside, um, which I have to be very quick to get to <laughs> based on when I'm recording this. So that's at 9.30 um, inside at St Mary's. And then there's an outdoor service at 11. So, um, yes, all changing. So we need to decide really what we're going to do with this podcast. So if you um, don't feel that you're going to be able to come to in-person worship yet um, for any reason or... Um, you would like this podcast to continue or some kind of online provision to continue then do get in touch and we're sort of weighing up what we should do obviously it takes time um, to prepare an in-person service it takes time to do an online service so we're just trying to figure out what the needs are in our community um, and and make the best decision there so um, if you could let us know if you have any preferences that would be really helpful let's take a moment and just come before god now think about all those things that we're carrying from this week all the things that we want to lay down before God this morning let's think about our journey here today how we're feeling now and if we're ready to give God our full attention and worship him Then let us come together to share in God's love, to lift our hearts in praise and worship, to seek God's blessing with a new and deep experience of God's power and generosity. Amen. So as we prepare to spend that time with God, we listen to this um, beautiful piece of music created by our music group.
The Old Testament reading is taken from Genesis chapter 32, beginning to read at verse 22. Jacob wrestles at Peniel. The same night he got up and took his two wives, his two maids and his eleven children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and likewise everything he had. Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go, unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans, and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. Therefore to this day the Israelites do not eat the thigh muscle that is on the hip socket, because he struck Jacob on the hip socket at the thigh muscle. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A Gospel reading for today is from Matthew's Gospel and we're in chapter 14 at the 13th verse. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go to the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled. And they took whatever was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. Some of you uh, might know now that I've been using some of my lockdown time to pursue a project that I've had in mind for some time. I have been thinking about doing some research into the lives of spiritual lives of young children. And over the years, I'd had many positive conversations and with different people in the field and spoken to course directors. But I really needed the time and the space to sit down and really pull my ideas together. And when the world shut down in March, um, I had that opportunity. And so from September, I'm going to be beginning my professional doctorate with the Cambridge Theological Federation with a focus on the spiritual lives of children. So in particular, I'm going to be thinking about storytelling. 
which for me is the bedrock of our faith and of how we all make meaning in the world, but also, I believe, is one of the most important ways that God reveals himself. What is the Bible, after all, but a collection of stories, a collection of different people's experiences and an account of them trying to make sense of it all? It's a collection of people's stories as they look at the world, their lives and even their national history and say, where is God in all of this? That, I believe, is what all good storytelling is. It helps us to look more deeply, to ask questions of ourselves and of God. And in doing so, it brings new insight into our lives. And so today I wanted to spend some time delving into the story of one of the founders of our faith, Jacob. Angela touched a couple of weeks ago on the story of Jacob as we explored a part of Jacob's life in the readings uh, where the first time that he really recognised that God was with him. This all occurred for Jacob in a dream as he fled from a family disaster at home. But let's go back to the beginning a bit and dig into this story some more to see what meaning it might have for us today. So the story of Jacob comes from the book of Genesis. Now, Genesis is the first and the most ancient book of the Bible. These are the stories of the founders of the nation of Israel. Jacob, in fact, is renamed by God as Israel, which means one who struggles. And he is the father of the 12 sons, and he actually has daughters as well. <laughs> and these sons go on to become the leaders of the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, throughout the Bible, we hear about these 12 tribes. They're the real bedrock um, of the Bible story and are what's behind the idea of the 12 disciples. So you can see that these tribes persisted for thousands of years. And even Jesus in his lineage is placed within these tribes. And it all begins here with Jacob and his sons and daughters. <laughs> the story of Genesis and all the stories contained there are to me the tales, um, great tales of a nation. It's a nation's attempt at understanding itself and of making sense of who it is. It's a bit like our English stories of our kings and our queens and the knights of the round table. And so Jacob, his story and his character, is full of insight into what it means to be the people of God, what it means to have a faith, what it means to have a spiritual journey. So let's have a little recap of his story and who he was. If you want to read this for yourself, then head off to the book of Genesis um, and you will discover it there. You might also consider picking up um, a really great book called The Book of God by Walter Wangerin, and that's a novelization of the Bible. And there is a chapter there on Jacob, um, which is a really fascinating read. So Jacob, Jacob was the grandson of Abraham. He and his twin brother Esau are born to Isaac. And now Isaac was the son that was promised to Abraham and Sarah. So Isaac marries Rebekah. They have these two children, Esau and Jacob, and they have a chaotic sibling dynamic from the start. And they are as different as night and day. Jacob, we're told, is much gentler. He stays closer to home. He's really the apple of his mother's eye. And Esau is adventurous and wild, spends his days out hunting and exploring. Now, when Isaac is very old and feels that the end of his life is near, he calls for Esau, 
who was the first of the twins to be born and therefore is the elder, because he wants to give Esau his blessing. Now, we don't know what Jacob thought was going on here, whether he understood all that his father was planning to give to Esau through his blessing. But whatever Esau is getting, Jacob wants it. He tricks his father Isaac into receiving Esau's blessing. Now Esau, quite understandably, is not too pleased and Jacob is forced to flee for his life. Now on the night that he flees, we have that extraordinary scene that Angela spoke about a couple of weeks ago. Jacob is off in the wilderness, he has a rock for a pillow and he dreams of angels ascending and descending from heaven. And he suddenly recognises that God is with him, even in all the disasters that he has created around himself. Now, this experience and this newfound confidence that God is with him perhaps gives Jacob the confidence to go on in what must have been an incredibly difficult and dangerous journey. Jacob, in fact, retraces the steps of his grandfather, Abraham, he goes back through the desert through which Abraham came to this land and he ends up in the city of Haran, which is where Abraham lived with his family for a time and where Jacob's mother, Rebecca, was from. So there Jacob comes across his uncle Laban. Now, everything that Laban does to Jacob is quite extraordinary. You can go and read it if you like. But um, to sum it all up, what Jacob does have there is he has a safe place to work and he works there as a shepherd for Laban. He gets married and he has many children, those children that will go on to be the founders of the nation of Israel. And so much of Jacob's story happens here in Haran. But like his father and grandfather before him, Jacob has a greater call on his life. And so two decades into his time in Haran, he feels the call to leave and to travel north as his mother and Abraham did before him. But in doing so, Jacob is straying back into the territory of the brother that he betrayed. And as he travels north, he hears word that his brother is on his way. Terrified, Jacob sends gifts of flocks of sheep and goats ahead of him, and he dispatches his family to safety. That night, as he fearfully waits for the arrival of his brother, we have the story that we heard in today's reading. Jacob, now having sent his family to safety, is alone. Suddenly, he feels the clutches of another person and they begin to wrestle. Did Jacob think it was his brother? Well, whoever he thought it was, Jacob will not give up. He wrestles with that person until daybreak. The mysterious figure that Jacob is wrestling with commands him to let him go because the sun is coming up. But Jacob refuses and says to the stranger, I will not let you go unless you bless me. At some point, Jacob seems to have realised who it is that he is wrestling with. Later, talking about this encounter, he says, I have seen God face to face and I have survived. In this altercation, Jacob's hip is damaged, but he does receive his blessing and he also receives a new name. This stranger says to him, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and you have prevailed. And so Jacob limps off to meet his brother Esau and to meet his faith. 
But Esau, much to Jacob's surprise, greets him with warmth and love. Jacob goes on to live a long life, at the end of which another extraordinary journey takes place for him. Due to famine, Jacob leads his family into Egypt, where food is more plentiful. There, again through another very interesting story that's worth checking out, Joseph, one of um, Jacob's sons, has risen to leadership in Egypt. And Jacob and his family are safe there in Egypt for a while under Joseph's care. It's in Egypt that Jacob's family begin to multiply. It's also in Egypt that Jacob's family are eventually enslaved. And only then do they see the true power of God to save them. But that, of course, is a great story for another day. Now, when I'm storytelling with children, I often say to them, where are you in the story? Or what part of the story is about you? So where are you in the story of Jacob? Are you moments out of a difficult situation like Jacob was as he fleed from the situation with Esau? Are you in that situation wondering where God is in all of this? Or are you in the high of Jacob's dream, realising that God is with you and has a plan for you? Are you in Haran, working away with diligence and perhaps wondering what else could be? Or are you on the road again, setting out to discover what purposes God has woven into your life, who you are meant to be? In many ways, Jacob's story acts as a metaphor for all spiritual journeying. Life with God involves a certain amount of striving, of wrestling, and of crying out for blessing when we face difficulties in life. It's fascinating to me that the root of the word Israel, those first people of God, is one who strives with God. I think that has a lot to say with us about what life with God is really like. And the life of faith, life with God, also involves a degree of boldness, a willingness to set out to new places when we don't know what will be. Every spiritual journey has its moment of setting off out into the desert. Every spiritual journey has its moment of wrestling through the night. And every spiritual journey has its moments of hope and elation, like Jacob's encounters with God. And so we carry Jacob with us as part of the DNA of our faith and of all spiritual seekers. At morning prayer on a Tuesday, we always say this prayer, which comes from the prophet Isaiah, the book of Isaiah in the Bible. And it's a call to remember the story of Jacob and all that he teaches us. So I'm going to finish with that. Come, let us go up to the mountain of God, to the house of the God of Jacob, that God may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For the law shall go out from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. God shall judge between the nations and shall mediate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, and neither shall they learn war any more. O people of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord.
So let us pray together. God of grace, good to all, you have compassion over all you have made. When we are falling, hold us up. Raise us to our feet so that we can walk with you. When we are in need, meet with us. Open your hands to us to satisfy our longing. When we call out to you, hear our cry. Watch over us that we may live in your love. When we are hurt, lend us your grace. Open our hearts that we may forgive. When we see need, help us to face it. Open our hands to offer all we have and are. When we hear you, help us to listen. Open our mouths to bless your name. As we come before you, Lord, today we pray for people who have little or nothing. For those who feel trapped in their situation and can't see the bigger picture, or even any tiny glimmer of light. We pray for people who are hungry, for parents who struggle to feed their children and themselves. We thank you for the work of food banks and pray that they would have, their, have the resources to continue to meet so many needs. We pray that you would give us an appreciation of our food, the work that goes into producing and distributing it. Teach us not to be wasteful, but to preserve and pass on the goodness of your earth. We pray for those who are ill. We ask you to tend their hurts, whether these are old scars or fresh wounds. Lord, you are gracious and compassionate. Surround all who are ill with your love today and for the days to come. We pray for young people, those who are waiting exam results, but who have been deprived from the opportunity to gather together and celebrate their results in the usual way. Be with them, we pray. Our enforced separation has taught us the value of staying together. Help us to take all opportunities to be together safely. Be with us as we plan towards opening up St Barnabas for worship together next week. But help us to accept the recent changes to coming out of lockdown. Help us to be patient. Lord, a new week lies ahead of us and we don't really know what it will bring. Help us to be aware of people around us who are struggling in any way. May we be sensitive to their needs and seek your wisdom as we come alongside them. We want to be there for them, Lord, bearing your blessing. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. So as our Saviour taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. So thank you, Brenda, for those prayers and to everyone who's recorded for this week. And hopefully we'll see many of you next week in person, which will be really wonderful to get back to that um, or perhaps later today at the services at St Mary's. So let's pray as we go on. Lord, we thank you for community in whichever way it comes. We thank you the, for the way in which you speak into our hearts and our lives. And we pray that your blessing, the blessing of Father, Son and Holy Spirit, will be upon us all today and always and on all those that we love. Amen. So go in peace to love and serve the Lord in the name of Christ. Amen.